Euzubillahimineşşeytanirracim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecma'in Allahümme allimna ma yanfa'una Banfa'ana bima allamtana Ve zidna ilmen nafi'ah اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedi'uzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or on the website www.reflections-rn.org We have been reading the book The Words by Bedi'uzzaman Said Nursi and we read through the first seven words in this book. Inshallah, today we will begin the eighth word. Bismillah. Sekizinci söz. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم إن الدين عند الله الإسلام So this word, this treatise is based on these two, these two verses or these two phrases from two verses from the Quran الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم This is probably one of the most famous, uh, best known verses in the uh, Quran from Ayat al-Kursi the beginning of Ayat al-Kursi and it's a way to translate it would be God there is no deity but he the living the sustainer and this is Surah al-Baqarah the second chapter of the Quran and 255th verse or Ayat al-Kursi as I uh, mentioned and the second sentence is from the third chapter of the Quran, Surah, Surah Al-Ali Imran, and the 19th verse in this chapter. And again, it is the beginning of the uh, verse. The religion or the true religion with God is Islam. So the first verse is describing us, telling us who God is, who is there to be worshipped. And the second sentence is telling us how we should worship him. What pleases him? What does he want from us? What is the path to follow that he has ordained for us, that he has prescribed for us? The eighth word. Şu dünya ve dünya içindeki ruh insani ve insanda dinin mahiyet ve kıymetlerini ve eğer dini hak olmazsa dünya bir zindan olması ve dinsiz insan en bedbaht mahluk olduğunu ve şu alemin tılsımını açan, ruhu beşeriyi zulümattan kurtaran Ya Allah ve La ilahe illallah olduğunu anlamak istersen şu temsili hikayeciye bak, dinle. As with the previous seven words, Üstad Nursi is beginning by telling us what we should look forward to as we read this treatise, the eighth word. 
If you want to understand the essence of this world, the quiddity of this world, what this world is about, and of the human spirit in it. So the world is one thing, and then there is the humans in it, and humans have a special place in the world. That is why you want to understand one, the world, two, human spirit in it, and three, and the nature and value of religion for humans. So when we say the world, we don't mean the, uh, the, the planet Earth. We mean where we are now. And human spirit has a special function in where we are now. And religion is the way, the path, the method, the means for the human spirit to fulfill its function. If you want to understand how this world is actually a prison in the absence of true religion, and what an unfortunate creature is a man without religion. And if you also want to understand that what breaks the codes of this universe, revealing its reality, and what saves human soul from darkness, human spirit from darkness, is indeed, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, O Allah, and La ilaha illallah, there is no deity worthy of worship but God. Then, Listen to this parable. We need to underline that this world is not necessarily a prison for all humans. Compared to the paradise, the garden in the hereafter, of course it's not comparable. However, it is not necessarily a prison for the believer. Belief, true faith, emancipates. But for the non-believer or for the one who is not following true religion, it is a prison. And if you want to understand that, what breaks the codes of this universe. So, we can also think of this as the, the, if, if the world is a prison for the non-believer, and the prison has doors, gates, and you want to get out of those gates, you want, you want to break through those gates so that you can be emancipated. What opens them? The code or the key that you need to use in order to open the doors. What is it? Ya Allah and La ilaha illallah. Let me read this one more time from beginning to end smoothly so that everything that we want to intend in reading the eighth word uh, you know, will be together in our minds as we proceed to read the rest of the treaties. If you want to understand the essence of this world, of the human spirit in it, and of the nature and value of religion for humans, if you want to understand how this world is actually a prison in the absence of true religion, and what an unfortunate creature is a man without religion, and if you also want to understand that what breaks the codes of this universe, revealing its reality, and what saves human spirit from darkness, is indeed, Ya Allah, O Allah, and La ilaha illallah, there is no deity worthy of worship but God, then, Listen to this coming parable. Eski zamanda iki kardeş uzun bir seyahate beraber gidiyorlar. Gitgide ta yol ikileşti. Once upon a time, two brothers set out on a journey together. After a while, the road forked. So this is a common theme 
in many of the first eight words of the book, the words too. There are two brothers, two soldiers, two paths to take, two choices to make. And the, and the road forked. Once upon a time, two brothers set out on a journey together. After a while, the road forked. So there is a choice to make. Are they going to take the road on the left or are they going to take the road on the right? O iki yol başında ciddi bir adamı gördüler. Ondan sordular. Hangi yol iyidir? They saw a serious looking man at the fork. So there was a choice to make and they were not left alone. There was also guidance. There was a serious looking man at the fork. They asked which route is better? Which route is better? O dahi onlara dedi ki Sağ yolda kanun ve nizama tebaiyet mecburiyeti vardır. Fakat o külfet içinde bir emniyet ve saadet vardır. Sol yolda ise serbestiyet ve hürriyet vardır. Fakat o serbestiyet içinde bir tehlike ve şekavet vardır. Şimdi intihabdaki ihtiyar sizdedir. So the man said, the traveler of the right side has to follow law and order, but safety and happiness accompanies this requirement. The road on the left offers freedom and independence, but dangers and troubles accompany that freedom. Now, you are free to choose. You are free to choose. Of course, for those who have been reading the Risale-i Nur, or who have listened to the previous episodes of this podcast series, they will remember that there was a similar situation in the third word. There were two uh, people, two soldiers traveling and then the road forked and they were given instructions about the roads and the instructions there were similar to what we are seeing here and this is normal this is the nature of it Ustad Nursi is following a very well paced very very thoughtfully paced uh, pedagogical method in ordering his uh, his works the, the treatises and the words he cho- chooses uh, the concept that he introduces in each word, in each treatise, and later on in, in the rest of his treatises, are very well thought out, very well measured. And here we are expanding on what we have learned previously. So to understand the eighth word better, one needs to read through the first, uh, read uh, you know from the first word through the seventh word, and then come to the eighth word. This does not mean that there is no benefit in reading the eighth word on its own. No, that's that's not true. It is uh, each and every treatise also provides benefit, uh, you know, substanding, let's say, uh, benefit, but to improve our ability to benefit from the works of Bedouzam and Said Nursi, we need to read through beginning to end and then go back to the beginning and read again and then go back to the beginning and read again. And all of these parts are going to complement one another and increase the benefit, increase uh, the blessings that we get from our efforts in trying to understand uh, the Quran, the religion, the purpose of our existence in, in, in the world. So if this sounds like similar, if you are saying, I already saw this in the third word, yes, you did, yes, we did, but there is more to it. It is going deeper. It is going deeper with, this, with a similar parable. So the serious looking man said, now you are free to choose. 
or perhaps a better translation of this sentence might be now the choice in choosing is yours and with the understanding that Ustad Nusi uses two different words for choice and choosing one is intihab the other is ikhtiyar and here there is a reference to the entire kalam dialectical theo theology uh, tradition with a reference to uh, the concept of juzi ikhtiyar uh, uh, partial human will ikhtiyar is a specific uh, term that is used in dialectical theology and it stands for the human's uh, capacity to choose between good and bad beautiful and ugly. Bunu dinledikten sonra güzel huylu kardeş sağ yola tevakkeltu alallah deyip gitti ve nizam ve intizama tebaiyeti kabul etti. Ahlaksız ve serseri, serseri olan diğer kardeş sırf serbestlik için sol yolu tercih etti. Zahiren hafif, manen ağır vaziyette giden bu adamı hayalen takip ediyoruz. After listening to this the good-natured brother said, Tawakkaltu ala Allah, that is, I rely on God. Tawakkaltu ala Allah, I rely, I put my trust in God, I rely on God. And took the road on the right. He accepted following the road's law and order. The other brother, who was unruly and lacked good morals, chose the road on the left simply for its freedom. Now, we will follow this man who travels light in appearance but, but shoulders a heavy load in reality. In appearance he is traveling light but in reality he is carrying a very heavy load. And for those again who uh, remember the third word it will not be too difficult to what kind of a load that this is referring to. İşte bu adam. Dereden tepeden aşıp gitgide ta hali bir sahraya girdi. Birden müdhiş bir sada eşitti. Baktı ki dehşetli bir arslan. Meşelikten çıkıp ona hücum ediyor. O da kaçtı. Ta altmış arşın derinliğinde susuz bir kuyuya rast geldi. Korkusundan kendini içine attı. Yarısına kadar düşüp elleri bir ağaca rast geldi. Yapıştı. Thus, he went hill and dale and entered a barren plain. All of a sudden, he heard a terrifying roar. He looked, a fearsome lion was coming out of the woods and charging at him. He ran and came to a sixty-yard deep dry well. Fearing the lion, he threw himself into it. Having fallen halfway through, his hands touched a tree and he grabbed them with force. He, he, he grabbed the, the tree with force. Kuyunun duvarında güvermiş olan o ağacın iki kökü var. İki fare, biri beyaz, biri siyah, o iki köke musallat olup kesiyorlar. Yukarıya baktı gördü ki arslan nöbetçi gibi kuyunun başında bekliyor. Aşağıya baktı gördü ki dehşetli bir ejderha içindedir. Başını kaldırmış, otuz arşın yukarıdaki ayağına takarrüb etmiş. Ağzı kuyu ağzı gibi geniştir. Fearing the lion, he threw himself into it. Having fallen halfway through, his hands touched a tree and he grabbed it with force. This tree grew on the walls of the well and had two roots. Two rats, one white and one black, attacked the roots, each gnawing through one. Through one. He looked up and saw the lion 
waiting by the well's opening like a sentinel. He looked down, and in the well he saw a terrifying dragon extending its head toward him. It was about to reach his feet, which were thirty yards above the well's bottom. The dragon's mouth was wide like the well's opening. Kuyunun duvarına baktı gördü ki iki ısırıcı muzır haşerat etrafını sarmışlar. Ağacın başına baktı gördü ki bir incir ağacıdır. Fakat harika olarak muhtelif çok ağaçların meyveleri cevizden nara kadar başında yemişleri var. İşte şu adam su-i fehminden, akılsızlığından anlamıyor ki bu adi bir iş değildir. Bu işler tesadüfi olamaz. Bu acıb işler içinde garip esrar var ve pek büyük bir işleyici var olduğunu intikal etmedi. He looked at the walls of the well and found himself surrounded by all sorts of harmful and biting vermin. He looked at the branches of the tree and noticed that it was a fig tree. But wondrously it bore many different nuts and fruits from walnut to pomegranate. Yet his foolishness and corrupt perception prevented this man from recognizing that this was not an ordinary situation, that all of this could not be coincidental and that mysterious secrets are contained in these strange phenomena. Ve pek büyük bir işleyici var olduğunu intikal etmedi. Şimdi bunun kalbi ve ruh ve aklı şu elim vaziyetten gizli feryadı figan ettikleri halde nefsi emmaresi güya bir şey yokmuş gibi tecahül edip ruh ve kalbin ağlamasından kulağını tıkayıp kapayıp kendi kendini aldatarak bir bahçede bulunuyor gibi o ağacın meyvelerini yemeye başladı. Halbuki o meyvelerin bir kısmı zehirli ve muzdur idi. Bir hadisi kutsi de Cenab-ı Hak buyurmuş. Ana inda zanni abdi bi yani kulum beni nasıl tanırsa onunla öyle muamele ederim. Yet his foolishness and corrupt perception prevented this man from recognizing that this was not an ordinary situation. That all of this could not be coincidental and that mysterious secrets are contained in these strange phenomena. He did not understand that a grand executor was actually in charge. While his heart, spirit and intellect secretly wailed in response to this heart-rending situation, his evil commanding soul closed its ears to the cries of the heart and the spirit and started to eat the fruits of that tree as if he was in an orchard, in a state of self-deception, pretending that there was nothing wrong. Yet, some of those fruits were harmful and poisonous. In a sacred tradition of the Prophet ﷺ, this supreme reality, Janab Haq God, has decreed, Ana عند ظنّي عبدي بي Ana عند ظنّي عبدي بي That is, I deal with my servant as my servant knows me or recognizes me. İşte bu bedbaht adam, Su izan ve akılsızlığı ile gördüğünü adi ve aynı hakikat telakki etti ve öyle de muamele gördü ve görüyor ve görecek. Ne ölüyor ki kurtulsun ne de yaşıyor. Böylece azap çekiyor. Biz de şu meş'umu bu azapta bırakıp döneceğiz ta öteki kardeşin halini anlayacağız. Likewise, this man considered what he perceived because of his corrupted assumptions and foolishness to be an ordinary occurrence and the reality itself. And thus he was treated, he is being treated, 
and he will continue to be treated accordingly. Death does not save him from his tribulations, nor does he live a life worthy of living. He continues in a state of anguish, and we too will leave this unfortunate man in his anguish and turn around to see how his brother is doing. So it's a long parable. Some say that it is originally it was originally in the uh, scrolls of Abraham alayhisalam suhuf Ibrahim. It is mentioned in uh, Rumi's Masnavi, and even Tolstoy narrates a similar story. So Ustad Nursi is certainly taking this from the tradition and making use of it. And it's a very elaborate parable. Everything in it has something that, that it corresponds to it. That everything in it has a reality. And we will come to that reality. But because I would like us to understand the parable better, I'm going to read through it in English one more time uh, without explanations, just the uh, English translation, inshallah. Thus, the... Um, unfortunate traveler, the one who took the road on the left. Thus he went hill and dale and entered a barren plain. All of a sudden he heard a terrifying roar. He looked, a fearsome lion was coming out of the woods and charging at him. He ran and came to a sixty-yard deep dry well. Fearing the lion, he threw himself into it. Having fallen halfway through, his hands touched a tree and he grasped it, he grabbed onto it with force. This tree grew on the walls of the well and had two roots. Two rats, one white and one black, attacked the roots, each gnawing through one. He looked up and saw the lion waiting by the well's opening like a sentinel. He looked down and in the well he saw a terrifying dragon extending its head toward him. It was about to reach his feet, which were thirty yards above the well's bottom. The dragon's mouth was wide like the well's opening. He looked at the walls of the well and found himself surrounded by all sorts of harmful and biting vermin. He looked at the branches of the tree and noticed that it was a figgy tree, but wondrously it bore many different nuts and fruits from walnut to pomegranate. Yet his foolishness and corrupt perception prevented this man from recognizing that this was not an ordinary situation, that all of this could not be coincidental, and that mysterious secrets are contained in these strange phenomena. He did not understand that a grand executor was actually in charge. While his heart, spirit, and intellect secretly wailed in response to this heart-rending situation, his evil commanding soul closed its ears, compulsive soul closed its ears to the cries of the heart and the spirit and started to eat the fruits of that tree as if he was in an orchard, in a state of self-deception, pretending that there was nothing wrong. Yet, some of those fruits were harmful and poisonous. In a sacred tradition of the Prophet wasallam, and here, Sacred tradition means Hadith Qudsi, uh, which means that uh, these are words of God narrated by the Prophet wasallam. obviously uh, because he was taught uh, them, but they do not belong in the Qur'an. 
So the Prophet sallallahu is narrating uh, with, with, with the voice of God. And these kinds of traditions, prophet, prophetic traditions, are called Hadith Qudsi, uh, sacred traditions. In a sacred tradition of the Prophet وسلم, the supreme reality, Janab al-Haq, God, has decreed that is, I deal with my servant as my servant knows me or recognizes me. Likewise, this man considered what he perceived because of his corrupted assumptions and foolishness to be an ordinary occurrence and the reality itself. So he perceived his perception as he thought his perception was the reality itself. And thus he was treated. He is being treated and he will continue to be treated accordingly. Death does not save him from his tribulations, nor does he live a life worthy of living. He continues in a state of anguish, and we too will leave this unfortunate man in his anguish and turn around to see how his brother is doing. İşte şu mübarek akıllı zat gidiyor. Fakat biraderi gibi sıkıntı çekmiyor. Çünkü güzel ahlaklı olduğundan güzel şeyleri düşünür, güzel hülyalar eder, kendi kendine ünsiyet eder. Hem biraderi gibi zahmet ve meşakkat çekmiyor. Çünkü nizamı bilir, tebaiyet eder, teslihat görür. Asayiş ve emniyet içinde serbest gidiyor. You see, this smart and blessed man also carries on his way, but he does not suffer hardships like his brother. Because, thanks to his good character, he thinks about good things and his imagination is filled with beauty. He finds everything to be friendly and familiar. Moreover, he does not face exertion and difficulties like his brother, for he knows the rules, follows them, and finds ease. He carries on freely in safety, without worries and fear. İşte bir bahçeye geldi. İşte bir bahçeye rast geldi. İçinde hem güzel çiçek ve meyveler var, hem bakılmadığı için murdar şeyler de bulunuyor. Kardeşi dahi böyle birisine girmişti. Fakat murdar şeylere dikkat edip meşgul olmuş, midesini bulandırmış, hiç istirahat etmeden çıkıp gitmişti. Bu zat ise her şeyin iyisine bak kaidesiyle amel edip murdar şeylere hiç bakmadı. İyi şeylerden istifade iyi şeylerden istifade etti. Güzelce istirahat ederek çıkıp gidiyor. See now he came to a garden. It is laden with beautiful flowers and fruits along with things that are left without care and therefore foul and filthy. His brother had entered such a garden too. But turning his attention to the foul and filthy and occupying himself with them, he had upset his stomach. Then he had left the garden without any rest and continued on his way. Whereas this blessed person followed the principle, look on the good side of everything. Look on the good side of everything and he did not pay attention to the foul and filthy things at all. He benefited beautifully from what was good. Then he rested well and continued on his way. So, mashallah, they are traveling the same path, but this one is traveling in a much uh, more comfortable state, uh, in a state of bliss, not, not, not even comfort. He is traveling in a state of bliss. 
Sonra gitgide bu dahi evvelki biraderi gibi bir sahra-i azimeye girdi. Birden hücum eden bir arslanın sesini işitti korktu. Fakat biraderi kadar korkmadı. Çünkü hüsn zannıyla ve güzel fikriyle şu sahranın bir hakimi var. Bu arslan o hakimin tahtı emrinde bir hizmetkar olması ihtimali var diye düşünüp teselli buldu. Then he too entered a vast plain. Suddenly he heard the roar of a lion, lion charging at him. He was afraid, but not as afraid as his brother was, because, thanks to his positive attitude and good thinking, he found consolation in thinking that this plane has a master and this lion must be a servant under that master's command. Yet he still ran away, came to a sixty-yard deep dry well, and threw himself in it. Fakat yine kaçtı. Ta altmış arşın derinliğinde bir susuz kuyuya rast geldi. Kendini içine attı. Biraderi gibi ortasında bir ağaca eli yapıştı. Havada muallak kaldı. Baktı ki iki hayvan o ağacın iki kökünü kesiyorlar. Yukarıya baktı arslan, aşağıya baktı bir ejderha gördü. Aynı kardeşi gibi bir acib vaziyet gördü. Bu dahi tedehüş etti. Fakat kardeşinin dehşetinden bin derece hafif. Yet he still ran away, came to a sixty-yard deep well, deep dry well, and threw himself in it. Like his brother, he too noticed and grabbed onto a tree in the middle, and found himself hanging in the air. He looked and saw two animals gnawing through the two roots of the tree. Turning up, he saw the lion, and turning down, he saw a dragon. He saw a strange situation, just as his brother did. He too became afraid, but a thousand times less than his brother. Fakat kardeşinin dehşetinden bin derece hafif. Çünkü güzel ahlakı ona güzel fikir vermiş ve güzel fikir ise ona her şeyin güzel cihetini gösteriyor. İşte bu sebepten şöyle düşündü ki, bu acıyı işler birbiriyle alakadardır. Hem bir emir ile hareket ederler gibi görünüyor. Öyleyse bu işlerde bir tılsım vardır. Evet bunlar bir gizli hakimin emriyle dönerler. Öyleyse ben yalnız değilim. O gizli hakim bana bakıyor. Beni tecrübe ediyor. Bir maksad için beni bir yere sevk edip davet ediyor. Şu tatlı korku ve güzel fikirden bir merak neşet eder ki acaba beni tecrübe edip kendini bana tanıttırmak isteyen ve bu acıyıp yol ile bir maksada sevk eden kimdir? He too became afraid, but a thousand times less than his brother, because his character endowed him with beautiful cognition, and his beautiful cognition led him to see the good in everything. Thus, he thought, these strange happenings appear to be related to one another. Besides, they seem to be receiving orders from a common source. In that case, these happenings must be carrying a message coded in them. Yes, the hand of an unseen master must be moving them. In that case, I am not alone. That hidden master is looking at me, he is testing me, and he is inviting and directing me to somewhere for a purpose. Şu tatlı korku ve güzel fikirden bir merak neşet eder ki, acaba beni tecrübe edip kendini bana tanıttırmak isteyen 
ve bu acip yol ile bir maksada sevk eden kimdir? Sonra tanımak merakından tılsım sahibinin muhabbeti neşet etti. Ve şu muhabbetten tılsımı açmak arzusu neşet etti. Ve o arzudan tılsım sahibini razı edecek ve hoşuna gidecek bir güzel vaziyet almak iradesi neşet etti. Then his pleasant apprehension and beautiful ideas gave birth to curiosity and he asked, Who is it that tests me? Who wants to make himself known to me and directs me to some particular goal in this strange way? At this point, his curiosity turned into love for the source of the coded message. That love gave birth to a desire to break the code and that desire gave him the will to take a position pleasing and agreeable to the owner of the code. Sonra ağacın başına baktı, gördü ki incir ağacıdır. Fakat başında binlerle ağacın meyveleri vardır. O vakit bütün bütün korkusu gitti. Çünkü kat anladı ki bu incir ağacı bir listedir. Bir sihristedir. Bir sergidir. O mahfi hakim bağ ve bostanındaki meyvelerin numunelerini bir tılsım ve bir mucize ile o ağaca takmış ve kendi misafirlerine ihzar ettiği etmeye birer işaret suretinde o ağacı tezyin etmiş olmalı. Yoksa bir tek ağaç binler ağaçların meyvelerini vermez. Then he looked at the top of the tree and noticed that it was a fig tree but it bore the fruits of thousands of different trees. Then all his fear washed away because he understood for sure that this fig tree was a list, a catalog or a display thought that hidden master he thought that hidden master must have mysteriously and miraculously put the samples of the fruits from his garden and orchard on this tree and he must have ornamented the tree as an indication of the victuals that he has prepared for his guests otherwise a single tree does not bear the fruits of thousands of different trees then the man began to supplicate and the key to that mystery was inspired to him. Sonra niyaza başladı. Ta tılsımın anahtarı ona ilham oldu. Bağırdı ki: "Ey bu yerlerin hakimi, senin bahtına düştüm. Sana dehalet ediyorum ve sana hizmetkarım ve senin rızanı istiyorum ve seni arıyorum." Ve bu niyazdan sonra birden kuyunun duvarı yarılıp Şahane, nezih ve güzel bir bahçeye bir kapı açıldı. Belki ejderha ağzı o kapıya inkılap etti ve arslan ve ejderha iki hizmetkar suretini giydiler ve onu içeri, içeriye davet ediyorlar. Hatta o arslan kendine müsahhar bir at şeklinde girdi. Then the man began to supplicate and the key to that mystery was inspired to him. He exclaimed, Oh, the master of these places. So this is the key. Oh, the master of these places. My destiny is left completely in your hands. Recognition of what he is saying is the key. You are my only refuge and I am your servant. I want your pleasure alone and I seek you alone. There opened a crack on the wall, Wells wall following the supplication and a gate gave him way to a magnificent, immaculate and beautiful garden. 
It was as if the dragon's mouth had turned into this gate, while the dragon and the lion, which now appeared as two servants, were inviting him inside. Even more, that lion took on the form of a horse in the man's service. Here the parable ends, but as we did for the unfortunate man, we are inshallah going to read from beginning to end for the fortunate man too. You see, this smart and blessed man also carries on his way, but he does not suffer hardships like his brother, because, thanks to his good character, he thinks about good things and his imagination is filled with beauty. He finds everything to be friendly and familiar. Moreover, he does not face exertion and difficulties like his brother, for he knows the rules, follows them, and finds ease. He carries on freely and he carries on freely in safety, without worries and fear. See now, he came to a garden. It is laden with beautiful flowers and fruits, along with things that are left without care and therefore foul and filthy. His brother had entered such a garden too, but turning his attention to the foul and filthy and occupying himself with them, he had upset his stomach. Then he had left the garden without any rest and continued on his way. Whereas this blessed person followed the principle, look on the good side of everything, and did not pay attention to the foul and filthy things at all. He benefited beautifully from what was good, then he rested well and continued on his way. Then he too entered a vast plain. Suddenly he heard the roar of a lion charging at him. He was afraid, but not as afraid as his brother was, because, thanks to his positive attitude and good thinking, he found consolation in thinking that this plane has a master and this lion must be a servant under that master's command. Yet, he still ran away, came to a sixty-yard-deep dry well, and threw himself in it. Like his brother, he too noticed and grasped a tree in the middle, grabbed on a tree in the middle, and he found himself hanging in the air. He looked and saw two animals gnawing through the two roots of the tree. Turning up, he saw the lion, and turning down, he saw a dragon. He saw a strange situation just as his brother did. He too became afraid, but a thousand times less than his brother, because his character endowed him with beautiful cognition, and his beautiful cognition led him to see the good in everything. It's important to follow the logic here. He had good character, that's where we begin. His character endowed him with beautiful cognition. Because he had good character, he had beautiful cognition. He saw the full side of the cup. And his beautiful cognition led him to see the good in everything. Because his cognition was beautiful, he saw good in everything. Thus, he thought, these strange happenings appear to be related to one another. Besides, they seem to be receiving orders from a common source. In that case, these happenings must be carrying a message coded in them. Yes, the hand of an unseen master must be moving them. In that case, I am not alone. That hidden master is looking at me. He is testing me. 
and he is inviting and directing me to somewhere for a purpose. Then his pleasant apprehension and beautiful ideas gave birth to curiosity. So his apprehension and beautiful cognition, beautiful ideas gave birth to what? To curiosity. And he asked, who is it that tests me? Who wants to make himself known to me and directs me to some particular goal in this strange way? At this point, his curiosity turned into love for the source of the coded message. So beautiful character, beautiful cognition, so beautiful things that led to an understanding that there is an order and there is a master that led to curiosity to know uh, the to know who the master is and that gave birth to what love he was now attracted to the ma- uh, to the master he was in love for, with with the master that love gave birth to a desire to break the code now he wants to you know reach the master he wants to learn more about him he he wants to break this code that the message and learn find out what the master wants from him because again he loves the master and that desire gave him the will to take a position pleasing and agreeable to the owner of the code because he knows that this is a powerful master and there is only one way to uh, reach him if you take a position that is going to that is pleasing to the master, the, the master is going to come and get you. You cannot on your own. You cannot reach the master on your own. If he comes and gets you, you can. And therefore, the only way to reach him is to take a position that is pleasing to him. That love gave birth to a desire to break the code, and that desire gave him the will to take a position pleasing and agreeable to the owner of the code. Then he looked at the top of the tree and noticed that it was a fig tree, but it bore the fruits of thousands of different trees. Then all his fear washed away. Because, and the reality of this will come, but you know, very briefly, this is like the earth. God brings everything out of one thing and one thing out of everything. Earth is you know, soil, dirt, but how many thousands, maybe millions of different species of plants come out of it? Then he looked at the top of the tree and noticed that it was a fig tree, but it bore the fruits of thousands of different trees. Then all his fear washed away because he understood for sure that this fig tree was a list, a catalog, or a display. He thought that hidden master must have mysteriously and miraculously put the samples of the fruits from his garden and orchard on this tree. And he must have ornamented the tree as an indication of the victuals that he has prepared for his guests. Otherwise, a single tree does not bear the fruits of thousands of different trees. Then the man began to supplicate. Now now, now he is filled with desire to reach the master and now he's starting to beg the master oh master please take me he began to supplicate and the the key to the mystery was put on his tongue the key to that mystery was inspired to him he exclaimed oh the master of these places and we should all exclaim oh the master of these places 
My destiny is left completely in your hands. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There is no power. There is no power toward of harm and to uh, attract or bring benefit other than who God. My destiny is left in your hands. You are my only refuge and I am your servant. Oh, the master of these places. My destiny is left completely in your hands. You are my only refuge and I am your servant. What an honor. I am your servant. I want your pleasure alone and I seek you, you, you alone. There opened a crack on the well's wall following this supplication. So the reality of things start to become apparent to him. There opened a crack on the well's wall following this supplication and a gate gave him way to a magnificent, immaculate and beautiful garden. It was as if the dragon's mouth had turned into this gate while the dragon and the lion, which now appeared as two servants, were inviting him inside. Even more, that lion on the form of a horse that lion took on the form of a horse in the man's service. İşte ey tembel nefsim ve ey hayali arkadaşım Geliniz, bu iki kardeşin vaziyetlerini müvazene edelim. Ta iyilik nasıl iyilik getirir ve fenalık nasıl fenalık getirir görelim, bilelim. So my soul and my imaginary friend come Let's compare the situations of these two brothers so that we see how good comes out of good and evil comes out of evil. Right? The situation was the same for both brothers. They were not in different countries. They were not in different circumstances. They were both in going through the same circumstances. But the same circumstances brought good for one and brought evil for the other. And this reminds us of um, another brief passage that Ustad Nursi wrote. Even before before he started writing the uh, treatises that later became the Risale-i Nur Kulliyata, the collection of Risale-i Nur. Inshallah, we are going to uh, wrap up this episode by reading that passage, which is not in the eighth word. Uh, inshallah, we will re- leave the reality of this parable uh, for the next episode, we are going to wrap up with uh, reading from that passage, which is about a viewpoint, inshallah. This passage is from uh, Masnavi Nuriya. Masnavi Nuriya is a collection of uh, books or treatises that Ustad Nursi wrote uh, you know, shortly before uh, his, let's be, I think we can call this his opening, uh, around the time after World War One and before the time he was exiled to Western Anatolia, and for those for whom these are obscure references, please go ahead and listen to the uh, section on who Bediüzzaman Said Nursi is in the introduction uh, part of uh, the website www.reflections-rn.org, or find a reliable biography of Ustad Nursi. His um, authorized biography is translated into English and also uh, there is a uh, relatively more scholarly book uh, 
that is based on that authorized biography that is in English by uh, Shukran Wahideh. The title of the book is Islam in Modern Turkey, an Intellectual Biography of Bediüzzaman Said Nursi. Um, it is a biography of Ustad Nursi. It's, uh, Islam in Modern Turkey is a catchy title, uh, otherwise it's, it's, it's primarily and only a biography of Ustad Nursi. At any rate, uh, so Masnevi Nuriye is a book that Ustad Nursi writes uh, you know, around that time in the 1920s before he, uh, at the time of his opening. So this, this book actually reflects the, the process that he goes through as uh, the reality of things are being opened uh, to him as he is going as he is going through that spiritual elevation that eventually will yield the Risale Inur. I don't have a good translation of this part, therefore I'm going to read in Turkish and then translate as I go, inshallah. In the Mesnevi Nuriye, the part we are going to read is the introduction to the section called Katre or Drop. So introduction, Mukaddeme introduction. 40 sene ömrümde, 30 sene tahsilimde yalnız 4 kelime ile 4 kelam öğrendim. Tahsilen beyan edilecektir. In my 40 years of life and 30 years of studying, I learned four words and four phrases. These will be explained with in detail. Burada yalnız icmalen işaret edilecektir. Here we will only point to them in summary. Kelimelerden maksat, manayı harfi, manayı ismi, niyet, nazardır. What I mean by the words are manayı harfi, uh, this would be um, indicative meaning, manayı ismi, nominal meaning, and these are details, inshallah, that we are going to come to later on. Just put it somewhere in the back burner for now. Nominal meaning and indicative meaning, very important concepts. Uh, but you will come to them later. The first two words were manai harfi, manai ismi, indicative meaning and nominal meaning. And the next ones are niyet nazardır, intention and viewpoint. So viewpoint, perspective, is one of the four words, one of the four uh, basic concepts, fundamental concepts that Ustad Nursi is saying around age 40 uh, that he learned in his 40 years of life and 30 years of studying. Şöyle ki, so this is the explanation that is coming and we are going to skip through the part on uh, nominal and indicative meanings and we are going to read the part on um, perspective and intention. Ve keza nazar ile niyet mahiyeti eşyayı tahiyir eder. And likewise, likewise, Perspective and intention transforms the nature of things, the quiddity of things, the what things are. Quiddity is literally means what things are, or mahiyet, the Turkish and Arabic also uh, words, literally mean what is it. So, perspective and intention changes what things are, transforms what things are. Günahı sevaba, sevabı günaha kalbeder. They transform sins into spiritual rewards and spiritual rewards into sins. Evet, niyet adi bir hareketi ibadete çevirir. Yes, intention transforms an ordinary action into worship. 
ve gösteriş için yapılan bir ibadeti günaha kalbeder. And it transforms a, a formal worship that is being performed to show off into a sin. Maddiyata esbab hesabıyla bakılırsa cehalettir. If one looks at the material world in the name of the causes and effects, that is ignorance. Allah hesabıyla olursa marifet ilahiyedir. If it is in the name of God, it is knowledge of God. What this means very briefly is now think of the situation of the first person in the well, the, the unfortunate man who fell through and grabbed onto the tree uh, midway through the well. He was looking at the things around him in their for their own sake. In the name of the causes and effects, he only recognized that he there was a gravity and he was falling and that there was a tree and there were rats gnawing on the roots of the tree and what what is the what is this uh, the cause of it's obviously the, the cause of the eventual breaking of the, um, the the the roots of the tree they're gnawing it so they are not going to hold on forever the the rats are going to eventually uh, weaken it and it's going to fall so he looked down what is he seeing there the dragon so what is the the consequence in the in the realm of causes and effects what's the consequence of falling in this dry well well it is the dragon's mouth he is going to fall into the dragon's mouth so this is he is looking at things for their own sake assuming that what he perceives to be is plain reality however he is forgetting that his perception plays a role here and unfortunately his perception is a negative one he perceives things negatively he always looks at the empty side of the cup and he is unable to see the full side of the cup whereas when we think of the other person the fortunate one who is also falling through and who also grabbed onto a tree midway through the wall right he is looking and he is perceiving what the other one also perceived there is that there is a tree that there is roots, that there are two animals gnawing on its roots, that there is a dragon, that there is a lion, that there is a well, and so on and so forth. He is seeing all of them. He is not living in an, in an uh, uh, illusional world. He is not living in his imagination. He is looking at the same thing that the unfortunate man looked at. But he is also thinking that there must be something behind this. These things must be under control because they're so weird and so seemingly related to one another, so strange. It's, it, this cannot be coincidence. And if it is not coincidence, there must be a someone, a force in charge. And if there is a force in charge, if there is someone in charge, that someone is seeing me too. And if he is seeing me, then he must be trying to send me a message with all of these things. What is that message? 
And when he thinks about this, the curiosity inspires into his heart the love for the master because especially when he looks at the tree and sees that it is a fig tree but it has all the fruits, he understands that this must be a catalog. This must be a key. This must be one of those key points where the master is, has coded his message. This is not only for me to consume without any attention to whether it is good or bad. No. This is a catalog. This is maybe to introduce the master to me. Then, then this curiosity then evolves into love for the master. He wants to. He wants to reach the master. He wants to know the master. He wants to see the master. He wants to be in touch with the master. His, his his his love eventually you know, simmers and eventually boils out in the form of the supplication and he calls on to him and that is the key calling on to him is the key and suddenly the reality of what he is seeing opens up because again he is not living in an illusional world what he sees is what the other one is seeing too but this is one aspect of that reality. This is the material aspect of that reality. And behind it, behind it is actually a screen to something else. And and, and it is a screen, but this screen is like a, a tube, like a, uh, a thin curtain that you can see through, a see-through curtain. If you focus on the fibers that are making the curtain, all you see is the fibers that are making the curtain and maybe some embroidery and so on and so forth. But if you change your focus and try to look through the curtain behind it, you see the reality, and that reality is the is is beautiful. It is beautiful without any uh, deficiency or defect or uh, drawback, which are all built into the reality that we are living in for the purpose of testing, of course. Let's move on and talk a little bit about nominal meaning and indicative meaning too because we already touched upon them. So after saying that, um, I did not intend to do this, but I think I sh- I feel like I should be doing it now. Uh, after saying that in his 40 years of life and 30 years of study, he learned four words and four phrases and those words are nominal meaning, indicative meaning, intention and and, and, and perspective, Ustad Nursi was on to say, Cenab-ı Hakk'ın masivasına, yani kainata, manayı harfiyle ve onun hesabına bakmak lazımdır. Manayı ismiyle ve esbab hesabına bakmak hatadır. To look at everything other than God, that is the cosmos that we live in, from the point of view of its indicative meaning, that is, on his account, on God's account. Looking at them from the point of view of their nominal meanings and on account of causes and effects is a mistake. What this means is that uh, he is taking, Ustad Nursi is taking these terms, manai harfi and manai ismi, uh, from the terminology of Arabic grammar. In the Arabic grammar, there are three types of words nouns, verbs, and particles 
particles do not have a meaning on their own. They enter upon other words to enhance their meanings and also to acquire meaning in the context that they emerge with those other words. So indicative meaning then means that uh, things in this world, the phenomena, the star, the wood, the tree, the, the stone, they have nominal meanings. That is, a stone is a stone, that's it. But a stone, when put in the context of relating it to the Creator, has, a, has another meaning. And that is its indicative meaning. A tree, when put in the context of being related to its Creator, it has a meaning. And that is its more important, real meaning. A tree on its own is a tree. It's a, you know, a, a stump, branches, leaves, maybe flowers, maybe fruits, sometimes dry, sometimes green. That is the tree. But when put in relation to its creator, it shows that the creator is, is, is the provider because it's providing the tree with all sorts of nutrition in the, on the ground and from the sun. And that the stump of the tree is this hard, firm thing it shows that the Creator Himself has the attribute of firmness and mateen. It is beautiful. It shows that the Creator is beautiful because one who does not have beauty cannot give beauty. And so on and so forth. So this is the indicative meaning. And there is a nominal meaning too. We should seek to understand the indicative meanings of things. And what this fortunate man did halfway through the well, is he tried to understand the indicative meaning of what he saw around him, the indicative meaning of the phenomena that characterized his circumstance, the aspect, the message that was coded in this phenomena that showed the master of these places. And therefore he called on to him. He called on to him saying, Oh, the owner of these places, Oh, the master of these places. You should all call on to him. You should all say, Oh, the owner of these places. Oh, the master of these places. My destiny is left completely in your hands. You are my only refuge and I am your servant. I want your pleasure alone and I seek you alone. Inshallah, next week we are going to continue by reading the reality that Ustad Nursi explains um, that this parable points to. Subhanaka la ilmelana illa ma'allamtana innaka anta al-alimul hakim wa akhir dawahum anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen al-fatihah.